everybody, welcome back to episode six of the Reawakening Podcast. I hope you're enjoying these and getting a lot out of them, um, and maybe even noticing some genuine awakening in your own heart, in your spirit, that your that your life might be feeling um, more alive in Jesus, uh, more close to Jesus than than you've you've had for a while. I'd like to start off today with a bit of an apology. It was my genuine intent to do this podcast every other week. I am not able to keep up. I, I've been trying. I'm not able to keep up. So um, we're going to make a little bit of a change of plans. And from now on, I'm going to be aiming to release a new podcast every third Wednesday of the month. So monthly podcast every third Wednesday. It's I think that's reasonably what what I'm going to be able to do uh, in this season, and even as I look ahead to the next uh, couple of months and the next seasons ahead. So, okay, so where we, what we've been talking about is we've been talking about cultivating a, a love for God's word. We've been talking about having obedience and to God in everything, and we, we've gone through that for several podcasts. Now we're going to start turning into talking about prayer. And I, I, there's so many things that I want to be talking about when it comes to prayer. I have lots of thoughts on this, but something surprised me over the last couple of weeks, and I, I didn't intend to do this, but a few weeks ago, I was sitting here in my office, and I think it was kind of like leaning back in my chair or something like that, and I looked over at my bookshelf, and I saw this title of this book that said, Is That Really You, Lord? Uh, by Lauren Cunningham, and I'm like, do I even, I didn't even know I owned that book. Like, what is this thing? And so I went over there and I picked it up. It just, that title, Is That Really You, Lord, was capturing um, some of the questions that I was having in my heart because I'm feeling like I've been hearing things about maybe what God wants for me in in this next season or or things that he wants maybe me to start or to to do next. And no, don't worry, not, not leaving Rehope or anything like that. But, but just kind of feeling like I'm hearing some potential direction from God, and yet it's kind of big stuff, and, and I'm, I'm quite happy with the load that I'm, I'm carrying right now. And so I don't know if you've ever had one of those moments where you feel like God might be trying to lead you in one way or might be speaking to you about something. Well, I was having one of those moments, and I looked over, saw this book, and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to read it. Now, if you've not read this book, Is That Really You, Lord?, or also sometimes titled, Is That Really You, God?, uh, The Story of Youth with a Mission by Lauren Cunningham, that it is it is like reading candy. It is so easy to read, enjoyable to read, and also packed with really practical stuff about hearing from God, discerning if it's Him or if it's not, um, some very humble moments of of maybe misstep and then times of getting it right it's it's a journey it's it's lauren's journey in the early days of starting ywam it was written in um 83 or something like that and so a lot has happened since then but still i just found it entirely enjoyable apparently when we bought the southside church building rehope southside the book was just there and i and i was handed it or i was picking up a stack of books at the time just kind of ones that we would ones that I might want to take home and read someday. I forgot about it until just finding it the other day. But anyways, so what I want to do today is instead of instead of talking about like my own thoughts about hearing from God and, and listening, which which I will get to, um, I, I thought I really wanted to talk about this book, Lauren's book, Is That Really You, Lord? And specifically the second to last chapter in the book, which which is his kind of summary about hearing the voice of God. 
hearing and also discerning when God's speaking. In the last chapter of the book, Lauren lays out 12 different aspects of hearing God's voice and really determining whether it's God or not. And I just found it really practical personally. So I want to share it with you. He starts off the chapter talking about how all believers have heard God's voice before. And maybe maybe you're not used to thinking that way based on your theological background. Maybe you come from a background where which doesn't talk about hearing from God. But if you've given your life to Jesus, you have heard the call of God. And you have heard his voice and you respond to that voice, the Holy Spirit uh, revealing Jesus to you and, you and you've said yes. Now, if you come from pretty conservative traditions, you probably are okay with that as hearing from God. You might also be okay with hearing from God via a nudge or a, an inner guiding. Like like God's, I feel like God might be leading me this way. Reading the Bible. You might feel like, okay, I'm reading the Bible and I feel like God is saying this kind of as I'm reading the Bible here. And, and you might be okay with saying that's the leading of God. And, and, it, and it very likely could be. I, I know that the Holy Spirit very much uses Scripture to, to guide us. I also want to remind us that not every voice or that not every word of Scripture is God's guidance. So I do not encourage you to go out and apply verses such as, and Judas went out and hung himself or something like that. That would be a very poor application of that that verse. God is not saying that to you at all. And I'm going to just say that again. God is not saying that to you at all. So again, certain verses though do jump out at us and God speaks through his word very much so. Maybe you also might feel comfortable sitting in church or or listening to a message or being in a worship environment where you feel, you know, God's kind of that inner voice extra loud. You feel like maybe God's asking you to do something. Or also maybe you're walking down the street and you feel that conviction inside your heart, that conviction to tell that person about Jesus or to 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 do something in that particular moment. People have a wide variety of 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 thoughts about what God's voice sounds like and, and hearing from God's voice. For those of you who are from churches that have that talk a lot more about this, I don't need to convince you about um, God actually as one who's speaking and speaking loudly and clearly. Okay, so here's here's the things that Lauren is, is saying, his, his 12 points. The first point that he, he wants us to, to know and take away from his book is to not make guidance complicated. He says it's actually hard not to hear God if you really want to please him, if you really want to obey him, if you stay humble, then, then, then he's going to be guiding you. And, and he gives three simple steps that have helped them in their YWAM journey hear from God. And that really jumped out at me in chapter 15 of the book. And and actually, I found it, uh, again, really clarifying and helpful. Uh, in chapter 15, uh, he talked about how they they would take Jesus's authority to silence the enemy. And, and in that sense, you'd just be like, uh, I, in the name of Jesus, I, I command any deceptive spirit, any, any unclean spirit, any demonic anything to be silent now in the name of Jesus. I bind you in the name of Jesus. I say be silent in the name of Jesus. I forbid you in Jesus's name and in the authority of Jesus from bringing confusion to this moment to bringing false revelation in this moment. Secondly, what, what they would do is they would ask God to clear from their minds any presumptions and preconceived ideas, maybe thoughts from other people, pressures they felt from other people. And then thirdly, they would just wait they would just wait and they would sit in God's presence, believing that God would speak in the way that he wanted and in the time that he wanted. And 
and just yeah, just trusting that God would speak. So in the in the last chapter, he sums it up by submitting to Jesus' lordship to silence your own thoughts, resist the enemy, and expect an answer. So don't make guidance complicated, number one. The second thing that he says is allow God to speak to you in the way that he chooses. When I was younger and because of my background, I had ways that I was okay hearing from God and then ways that I was not okay hearing from God. But actually, I had ways that it, I felt like it was okay for other people to hear from God and ways that I felt was not okay for them to hear from God. In fact, that if they heard from God in that way, it wasn't God or it probably wasn't God. And again, friends, you got to be so careful with that kind of thinking. We got to be okay with God speaking to us in the way that he chooses. And the Bible is filled with so many examples of ways that God speaks, whether it's Jeremiah watching the potter make clay and God speaking to him through that analogy and that image and bringing clarity there, or so many times in the Bible via angels, so many times in the Bible being via dreams and, and, and or visions. Those angels and dreams, those seem to be like the most common time, times that we, we see that. And so when, in my background, you know, we didn't talk about angels speaking to you or, or hearing from God in dreams. It was just so out of my box. Um, I think that the traditional ways we're, we're okay with it and for everybody is God speaking through his word, maybe through his inner voice, but we got to be okay with God speaking to us in a, in a widest variety of ways, including through other people and and situations and and things like that. Thirdly, Lauren talks about how we need to confess any unforgiven sin. And he says a clean heart is necessary if you want to hear from God. We don't want anything to get in the way of, of hearing from God, any of our own our own rubbish. And so yeah, we want to make sure we're confessing any unforgiven sin. Fourthly, he calls it the axe head principle, and he talked about it previously, but basically he's asking the question, have you obeyed the last thing that God told you to do? If you're in a process of trying to figure out, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I feel lost. I feel confused. I don't, I don't know what you want me to do. I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm confused. He's like, sometimes go back and be like, okay, what was the last thing I felt like God had directed me to do? Did I do that? And if not, well, then I, I know I need to maybe go back or maybe I need to seek God. Should I go back and do that now? Or is it is it too late? Sometimes it's too late. But, but have I been obeying the last thing God told me to do? The fifth thing that Lauren talks about is, he says, get your own leading. God will use others to confirm your guidance, but you should also hear from him directly. It can be dangerous, Lauren says, to rely on others to get the word of the Lord for you. And but this was a really big uh, learning point for me as well, or really confirming point for me. Um, I, I spent time listening to God and, and prayer and, and fasting and, and all that kind of stuff, taking notes and, and recording all of that. And, and I have tended to find that because I'm in a posture of listening, when people are saying, hey, I feel like God's got this word for you, it's pretty much always in the area of confirming. Very rarely anymore do I get words that are that are disconnected from anything that I'm thinking of. And when I do, I, I am suspicious of them, but I can take them to God in prayer. Lauren's mother in this book got a word, which turned out to be a wrong word from somebody, from a neighbor. And she was just like, you know, if God's spoken to you about this, 
then he will speak to me as well. And so she was seeking God in that. I think the problem is, is that a lot of people just do not spend the time, do not carve out the time to be in a listening posture. And if you're not in a listening posture, then you're not probably hearing as much as you could be hearing from God. So then when other people are speaking, because you haven't been hearing yourself, it feels more like just they're, they're leading and them telling you what to do. And it gets a little bit more dangerous that way. If you want to be someone who's following God well, you've got to be disciplined to get your own leadings, to get your own leadings. In my, in my habits, I have my, my hour Jesus times in the mornings. I have my uh, weeks of fasting throughout the year. I've got three different weeks of, of fasting. I do a couple um, multi, multi-hour prayer walks uh, around Glasgow. Um, I record my dreams and, and words that I feel like I'm hearing in journals. And, and even like when I'm at church or in worship environments, I'll be, I'll be writing them down. I'm, I'm trying to actively be hearing from God. And then I, I let when other people are speaking to help confirm to help confirm. In fact, actually, I am praying continually for people to confirm. Like, God, am I hearing you rightly? Am I hearing you rightly? Have, help people confirm. Have people confirm this about me. Maybe at church this weekend or when I'm around these Christians. Now, usually when I'm asking for it, I, I don't often get it in those moments, but um, still seeking confirmation and, and clarity. But his point, number five, get your own leading. Number six, don't talk about your guidance until God gives you permission to do so. Now, he says that out of some, some bad experiences that, that he had, but he says the main purpose of waiting is to avoid pitfalls in guidance, pride, presumption, missing God's timing and method. It's one thing to have the right idea, but it's not always the same as having the right timing or even the right how to do it. And and if you if you get it wrong, um, it can bring about confusion to others and and all that sort of stuff. He says very often it happens immediately where you can talk about your guidance to other people, but but sometimes there is a delay and just be be wise to that. Is it time to let people know what God's saying? I'm sure that you can imagine many scenarios that it might be wise to not speak out what God might be saying to you. Yeah, there's a time to speak out. There's a, there's a time to just be quiet and wait for, for that divine permission. So he says, use the wise man principle, number seven. Use the wise man principle. And, and he's basically saying that God's often going to use two or more spiritually sensitive people to confirm what he's telling you. Now, when when it comes to this, um, this impacted me. So I'm going to be starting a sabbatical relatively soon in the next, actually in the next couple of weeks. Part of that is I'm going to be praying through some things that God has been potentially speaking to me about, although I'm not entirely confident is, is a God thing. It could just be a distraction. It just could be my own thoughts. And so I, I've decided to spend the first 10 days um, fasting and praying about that. But not just that, but also trying to set up some, some strategic times to meet with some people to pray with me. People who I, I know or, or who I, I know hear relatively well from God, seeking confirmation to see if, if God's going to be speaking through those environments as well. Uh, I, I often just kind of listen and, and act on myself, but I, I've just been challenged to, to start off the sabbatical by seeking confirmation times. One of the major confirmation times that I had is uh, in a time of fasting a few years ago, I felt like God was talking about our church having multiple locations. Uh, and then a few months later, I was 
uh, having some prayer time with with a group of people and I didn't even mention anything about it but then they started just speaking that that this was on God's heart and it was it was just confirmation and it was it was also very timely and from then on things started to really progress to to being a multi-location church one church in uh, several locations but again when you when you find yourself at a crossroads you're feeling like you might be hearing from God especially if it's a big thing seek confirmations get people maybe praying with you Beware of counterfeits, number eight. Number eight, beware of counterfeits. Satan has a counterfeit for everything of God that's possible for him to copy. And, and so we want, to be, we want to be wise to the fact that just as there is a good revelation from God, there is also deceptive revelation, deceptive revelation from the enemy, intentional confusion of the enemy, uh, enticement into wrong directions. You can see examples of that all through the Bible, whether it's Satan enticing David to create a census or, or things like that. So we've got to be careful to, with, with counterfeits. But what I want to say about this is one of the mistakes we can make because there genuinely are counterfeits that we need to be aware of is not rejecting things out of hand because they could be counterfeits because we've seen it misapplied in other situations. So for instance, in my, in my background, the idea of hearing from an angel, like an angel speaking to you or bringing revelation from God intensely biblical, right? I mean, it's just cover to cover, Old Testament, New Testament, very biblical. And yet, in my background, we're like, well, cults are started by angels. You know, like this angel goes and talks to Joseph Smith about, I don't even know the whole story about, you know, starting Mormonism and all that kind of stuff. And so you, you see, oh, false revelation, a horrible cults are started because of angels speaking to people. And so then in my background, it's like, okay, we're, angels can't be trusted. And then the sense of we have the Holy Spirit. So there's no need for an angel to speak to us. We just need to listen to the Spirit. And and so angels speaking is bad. Holy Spirit speaking is good. Now, in, in order to do that, you have to reject so much of the Bible, even the book of Revelation, where John is hearing from all these angels, even though John has the Holy Spirit. As, a, as an apostle, as, a, as an elder, as, a, as a, one of the disciples of Jesus, as somebody who was filled very clearly with the Holy Spirit on, on Pentecost. In my background, it was just too quick to throw out everything, even if it was biblical, just because of some bad examples. Another example might be, uh, for my background, okay, some, maybe some highly charismatic people, some highly Pentecostal people who were, would just be very bold and vocal and ultimately wrong about some of their revelation and and yet just so excited about it and and vocal um, because of their vocalness and their wrongness it was it was hard for for people in my background to be okay with God speaking really much besides the written word of God because of so many misuses even though it's very biblical even though it's very biblical in fact all through the Bible people are speaking the word of God to each other from from the Old Testament to to the New Testament so yes, we want to be aware of counterfeits, but also we don't want to overly respond and reject very biblical ways that God speaks, especially biblical ways that God speaks. One of the key tests for true guidance is, according to Lauren here, does your leading follow the principles of the Bible? The Holy Spirit never contradicts the, the Word of God. The ninth thing that Lauren brings out is opposition. And he says, opposition of man is sometimes guidance for God. In, in their situation, they got some blockage in their denomination where they felt like God was leading them 
to create one thing that was multi-denominational, really all across all denominations. And yet, I think in that story that their, their denomination wanted to be more narrow. And, and so they had that moment where they had to decide, okay, are we going to follow God on this one? Or are we going to stay in this comfortable salaried place within the denomination? And, and, and it wasn't like opposition in a, in a fierce way, but it was just a a divergence in vision. Sometimes God's going to lead you in ways that are different from where God is leading your leaders and they need to be about what they need to be about. We're not going to judge them for trying to follow God and for not following your vision. But sometimes God gives us a different vision than our leaders to move us out into different places of faith and trust. And because he doesn't maybe want us to walk the safest path here or even to be connected to what seems easiest to stay connected to. And maybe he does want us to start something new like YWAM. So sometimes opposition is guidance from God. Not always though. So be careful with that one, but pray, but pray through that one. Ultimately, we're, we're committed to following Jesus. Okay, so that's number nine. Number 10, he reminds us that every follower of Jesus has a unique ministry. And so the more we seek to hear God's voice in detail, the more effective we can be in our own callings. He says, guidance is not a game. It's serious business where we need to learn what God wants us to do in ministry and when he wants us to do it and how he wants us to do it. And so much of following God well is connected to hearing what God has for, for us as individuals and if we're in leadership in a group, what God's plans and purposes are for the group. Number 11, practice hearing God's voice and it becomes easier. Keep trying to hear from God. No, nobody gets this 100%. I don't get it 100%, uh, especially timing, like when God wants to do something. That seems to be very difficult for me to discern, maybe just for everyone to discern. Uh, it's, it tends to be easier to hear like what God wants me to do, maybe how God wants me to do it, but sometimes the timing is is most difficult, especially when it's not something that God wants me to initiate, but something that he wants me to wait for. I think that's probably the best way to say it, like waiting for God uh, and and trying to see God when he's going to open up certain doors. That can be a difficult one for me personally to hear from. But still, practice hearing from God. Again, writing things down. I've got I've got journals and and notebooks for for recording what God might be saying and and praying it through. Recording dreams, what God might be saying, and just writing them down. If you're not writing them down, you're gonna forget most of them, and then you're not gonna be able to build on your learning. So we wanna wanna practice uh, in that humble way. That's number eleven. Number twelve. Relationship is the most important reason for hearing the voice of God. God is not only infinite, but personal. And so seeking God's guidance is is often just about being close to God or being near the guide. It's like God sometimes is speaking and and when we're when we're close, it's like we get a we get a pickup on some extra things that he, and he might be saying. When we set aside the time just to be in God's presence, maybe just having worship music playing as we're sitting there in, in God's presence. Um, maybe we just as we're reading God's word, just sitting there in his presence, as we set aside time for intentional fasting or praying or 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 seeking God in, in different ways. Uh, just drawing near to God, it, it, it can open, open up our ears to hear just extra of, of what God's saying. And sometimes it's not like, do this or do that. Sometimes it's like, no, I really do love you. 
I, I really do care about you. I, I, I think you're, you're doing a better job than you think you're doing. I mean, yes, you're not perfect, but my grace is sufficient for you. Uh, I've got enough, uh, enough forgiveness here that uh, you don't need to keep beating yourself up over this one. Sometimes you just need to hear like soul words of encouragement from the Spirit and from God. God genuinely loves you and he doesn't want you in perpetual agony for, for every misstep. That's been sorted on the cross. So sometimes we hear from God in things that we just weren't expecting to hear about. I remember hearing from God this one time just about grace and, and how I had some lies in my mind about how, how I felt like God thought about me and I just needed to hear a little bit more about grace. And it was just wonderful. It was a surprise, but it was, it was wonderful. Okay, so that's the 12 things that, that Lauren brings up about hearing the, the voice of God. We'll talk more about hearing from God, and, and we'll talk more about prayer in, in the weeks ahead, in the months ahead. I'm, I'm really excited to spend a lot of time focusing on prayer, because I feel like this is, this, is, this is a massive thing in my life, and I, and I think that it's, it's right at the heart of, of drawing near to God and, and really seeing your, your heart reawakening. There, there's nothing like feeling like you've heard from God, and then... St- having it confirmed, and then stepping out in faith and realizing it was right. It, it was what God was saying, that you are hearing from God, that God is real. It, it can just be, and he's speaking to you. It can be so invigorating and so exciting. All right, so I, I hope you found this podcast to be helpful. Uh, I, I know I did. Feel free to pick up Lauren's book, Is That Really You, Lord, or Is That Really You, God? It's it's called both titles. Um, and and enjoy the enjoy the story I, I just found it so so amazing and and again like I said an, an easy to read next week we're next time we're gonna continue more uh, when it comes to hearing from God and when when it comes to prayer different aspects of that but for now thank you for listening the challenge that I'm going to give you this time is to set aside some time to try and listen maybe it's time to get a journal or get a notebook or something where you can Take notes whenever you feel like God might possibly be saying things to you. Maybe where you can record some dreams that you might be having or record some things that jump out at you at church that are kind of off topic or or whatever or things that jump out to you when you're reading the Bible. If you've enjoyed this podcast or found it helpful, or maybe you think of someone who might need to hear this kind of thing or be directed in this way, um, ways that you could be helping us get the word out is... First of all, you can subscribe to this podcast. Again, the plan is to release a new podcast every third Wednesday of the month from, from here on out. So uh, if you subscribe, you'll get the word when that's out, alerted when that podcast is available. Secondly, please rate and review this on iTunes or SoundCloud. It, this is just really significant. It, it just takes a few seconds. Thirdly, if you could get the word out on social media, that would just be that would just be huge. If this is helpful to you, it, it might also be helpful for someone else. I think it's possible that some of the people who are following you on social media might be interested in understanding if God's speaking to them or not, or refining some of their skills in, in hearing if God's speaking to them or not. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for rating and reviewing this. It makes such a huge difference. My heart is to see our whole generation reawakened to God. To, to walk in fresh, close, long-lasting, life-giving connection to the God of the Bible. Some people can fumble through this path alone, but I know that everyone does exponentially better with help 